Welcome to uh, another episode of Inspire Club, the podcast brought to you by Inspiring Workplaces. Um, it's almost one year since we, we were born as a new entity, IW, and I can't think of a better guest uh, in, in this moment in time for us to, to have on Inspire Club. Um, got delayed by a week because of my bandwidth issues in, in my home office, but um, this person is the world's top authority on inspiring leadership, um, author of over 21 books, um, one aptly named Inspire, uh, former MD of Manpower, was even a child actor in some very big films. Um, if you're talking about inspiration, there's only one person's uh, per- person's name that comes to mind, that is Dr. Lance Sequitan, and welcome. Welcome, how are you? Good, thank you, Matt. Thanks for having me. Where, whereabouts in the world are we talking to you today, Lance? I am in a rural part of Ontario, about uh, an hour and a half, two hours outside of Toronto. Oh, wow. That, that, that sounds absolutely heavenly compared to where I've been for the past 15 months. Well, I probably, it's much the same for both of us. You've probably been looking at four walls like I have. Very, very good point. Very good point. Four walls can be the same anywhere in the world. But um, rural Ontario sounds absolutely you know, divine, as I say. Um, I was supposed to spend a lot of my honeymoon um, traveling through Canada, uh, which we which we didn't get to do, obviously. So, hopefully, in the next year or two, we'll have our delayed honeymoon. And uh, I don't. I'm not. I'm not saying we're gonna swing by and knock on your door, Lance. It's okay. But um, <laughs> we might have to visit some rural Ontario too. No, absolutely. Um, be sure to do that. I look forward to seeing. You. Um, so, our, our first question of Inspire Club. It's the the only rule of Inspire Club, is to. Share a story of someone who's inspired you at work along the way. Um, have, you, have you got someone in mind? I do. Uh, I'm not going to mention his name uh, because I don't want to get him into trouble. But uh, I worked for a man for about uh, eight years before I was the CEO of Manpower Limited. And when I was, uh, there were two men in my life that really made a difference. One was called Jim Scheinfeld, whose name I will mention. He was uh, one of the leaders at Manpower. He was the guy who saw in me the potential of actually running a business. Now, bear in mind, I was 27 years old and knew diddly about anything. So uh, I arrived on the scene, thanks to Jim Scheinfeld, who had faith in me. But then I wondered, well, how am I going to lead? And I'm telling you that the guy whose name I will not share with you that I worked with for eight years, he was the boss from hell. And the only thing I could think of was I'm going to do the exact opposite of what he did. And so we built this amazing company from scratch to 72,000 employees based on all of the opposite things that I had experienced in the previous eight. So he made a major difference in my life. He didn't know it. He gave me a lot of pain, but it was useful in the end. And, you know, as the Buddha says, we our enemies are here to teach us. So there we go. Fantastic. Well, thank you to Jim Scheinfeld for seeing something in you, um, which he's been proven very, very right. Uh, and um, thank you to the man that shall remain nameless for inspiring you by doing everything wrong. Um, I, you know, I... I, I I have to agree, you know, that some of my biggest lessons in life have, have, have or 
like the North Star, I suppose, for a lot of the things I do has been, I don't want to do it like that, or I don't want to feel like that person made me feel, so I won't make somebody else feel that way. And it's very, very true that you can learn a lot from that. Um, what was the what was the, uh, the quote from Buddha, um, his lesson? Our enemies are here to teach us. Our enemies are here to teach us. Thank you very much. I will, I will, I will take note of that. Um, an- another regular question on the on the podcast is to actually find out what your purpose is, uh, whether it be outside or inside of work. You know, what what gets you up in the morning? What drives you? One of the things that we do in our work is that we re- replace crummy, old fashioned, retro mission statements and create instead a dream. So every large organization that we work with, we work with big companies all over the world, we help them to create a dream. Now, a company with a dream is a powerful and passionate idea. And so we too in our business have a dream, and our dream is to make the world a kinder place. And how, how do we do that? How do you do that? How, would you, how do you go about doing that? Well... There are lots of ways, but one of the ways, we did some research some years ago to ask people what they did not like about followers. Now, you notice I'm using the same lessons that I learned from the boss who's nameless. <laughs> Let's go and find out what people do not like and see what they say. And here's what they said. We don't like cowards. We don't like people who are phony. We don't like people who are selfish. We don't like people who uh, lie. We don't like people who rule with fear. And we don't like idiots, incompetent people. So we said, well, then why don't we just do the opposite? And the opposite is courage, authenticity, service, truthfulness, love, and effectiveness. If you string those together, that's an acronym, CASTLE. And we call these the CASTLE principles. So how do we create a kinder and more inspired world, which is what our dream is all about? by being courageous, by being authentic, by serving others, by telling the truth, by being loving and effective. We do those six things. We will inspire the entire world. Fantastic. And, and do you think that sits at the senior leadership or is that something we as humans should aspire to be ourselves and right throughout, throughout an organization and society? Well, I don't see any difference. I, I, I don't see this separation between work and the rest of our lives. We're just human beings in different places. And actually, the pandemic has taught us a lot of lessons about that. What's the difference between you going out and looking after your dog and getting a coffee and being on the Internet? I mean, it's all one thing, right? And we don't sort of say, oh, I did, I'm not at work now. I'm patting my dog. Oh, I'm back at work. I'm sitting at my computer. That doesn't make any sense, right? That's stupid. That life isn't just like that. It's all integrated. So it's just one whole thing. So, of course, the council principles, the reason they're so powerful, I can tell you lots of stories about the power of this because they're used all over the world. But we love people who are courageous. We love people who are authentic. We love people who serve others. We love people who tell the truth. We love people who are loving. And we love people who are effective. Well, that's true everywhere. Where, where, where do you think it went wrong? When did we start being somebody different at work? Well, why, why did we have to become different to what we were with our family and friends outside of work? When did that happen? <laughs> Has it always been the way? There's one word for that. It's called greed. And I think that's where we ended up, unfortunately. 
uh, you know, along the way, we're a very competitive organ society, all of us in the Western world. And you know, the Latin from which the word competition uh, originates is competere. And competere in Latin means to strive together. So what we've actually done is taken the meaning of that word and turned it upside down. And the result of that is, and you can see this in politics, for example, many politicians feel it's more important to win a competitive game against the opponent than it is to look after the best interests of the nation. And so we end up with that kind of model everywhere in all parts of our lives. So taking you know, competition at work it should be striving together to deliver against the, you know, that organization, organization's purpose and dream rather than trying to get that promotion above each other. Yes. And some organizations do this. So, for example, you would take the London Philharmonic. You know, I don't think they're going to say, OK, folks, as we get up in the morning, let's destroy the New York Philharmonic Orchestra. That would be ridiculous. Why would they do that? The only thing they actually need to do, they should get up in the morning and say, let's make the best damn music on the planet. Because there's room for all kinds of symphony orchestras on the planet if we make good music. Going, going back to the castle principles, how do you acknowledge them? You know, if, if, somebody, if somebody's courageous, is it, do, do, do you just in that moment you go, you know, congratulate them for showing courage? Or, you know, I'm just trying to work out how you can, you can, you, you can apply these uh, throughout an organization and, and make sure people are aware that they're doing, doing good in the world and within the workplace. Well, you know, Matt, I'm not just a guy that twiddles my thumbs and comes up with theories. So we've got a whole bunch of tools and instruments that measure this. And, of course, that's what we do. Uh, that's the heart of our consulting, consulting work with clients. But we can measure immediately whether an employee feels that they are able to be courageous, that it's safe to be courageous, that the company is courageous, that they're courageous with their customers and the outside world, and that courage is generally accepted as a universal way in which we run the organization. It's part of the culture, in other words. I, I, I do. I, I, I've really, I've really I've, I've fallen in love with the, with the cast principles in, in the sense that just thinking of the past year, the people that have shown courage and, try and drive social justice with it inside and outside of work and and the people that have stuck alongside them to become allies i think i think that reaction has been i think just thinking about it now people do love people with courage and it takes a lot to stand up for what's right and when you think it could be dangerous to do so and you have so much to lose potentially so i think that courage that's been shown around the world has been then re replicated in kind by everybody that's standing up alongside them. Um, and I really do hope that that's something that we push forward with. Um, things happen in the moment and it can sometimes be seen as tokenism, but I'm really hoping that there's something we just continue to push forward in, in, the, in the days, weeks and years to come. Um, and I, I, I understand that now better after your explanation of, of uh, you know, conceiving for courage. Um, I, 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 we're going to get back to our normal questions, but um, you can tell you can tell everybody that Lance is a, just a source of inspiration and, and, and knowledge. So you know you have to check out uh, this man and his books and his work. Um, I know he's got some uh, recent YouTube videos as well. So so please do check him out because we're not going to have a, nowhere near enough time to to have the conversation that we want that we should have. Um, what's the best advice you were ever given, uh, and who was it from? 
The best advice I've ever given. Uh, well, I, I think the best advice has, has not been given to me by people, but by uh, heroes, if I can put it that way. For example, uh, Gandhi. I didn't really understand Gandhi beyond the idea that he was fighting for freedom, as it were. But the thing I learned from Gandhi was nonviolence. And that has shaped who I am. So it's by far the most powerful thing I've ever heard or learned. And your nonviolence, I even mean this in, in every uh, dimension of the spectrum. So even from the little ways we use language. So for example, Matt, you know, I would say I would kill for your fancy hat. But when I use the word kill, I am creating all kinds of stress hormones in your body and literally making you sick. And if I were to say, Matt, I love your hat. I also create all kinds of hormones in your body, but they're different ones. In the first case, it's cortisol and adrenaline. And in the second case, it's oxytocin. So they're different chemistries. So I could do a mouth swab on you right now, a mouth swab. And I'd be able to tell, are you motivated? That's fear. Or are you inspired? That's love. There's a difference. And great leaders know the difference. There aren't many of them, but the ones that do understand that are the inspirational leaders that we love. Well, I'm a huge believer in the saying that words matter. Uh, and you've just taken that to a whole new level now, that actually words can, uh, can make you ill. Um, and I didn't know that uh, motivation was driven by fear and inspiration from love. So thank you very much for teaching me that as well. Um, um, yeah, uh, this, I'm sure this will be quite a tough question, I think, for you. Um, but I'm interested to know the answer. What do you think is the most important quality in a leader, having studied them and been one yourself? Love. Fantastic. I think we should leave it there with, with that question, actually. And uh, what's your go-to productivity trick? You know, I, I'm simply not committed to that way of thinking. I don't, I like to follow the energy and I get distracted all the time, but that's the only way I can be creative. I'm a creative person. I, I invent new things. I don't plagiarize or copy other people's stuff. My work is original and I can only do that in a pretty chaotic kind of place. It, my productivity methodology might be to go for a walk, for example, or it might be to meditate. <clears throat> or I'll go for a kayak ride, I don't know, or ski. I mean, there's all kinds of places in my life where I have brainstorms and then I have to rush back and, and write them down or do something with it. Thank goodness for the smartphone because I have a little smartphone with a pen in it now that I can actually write these crazy ideas <laughs> wherever I am. But I'm productive all the time, and for the reasons I said to you before, I don't separate work and life. It's all one beautiful thing to me. So uh, I could be doing this anytime. 24-7. So I'm pretty productive. It's just I don't have a system. I, I agree with you on the uh, thank goodness for the smartphone. Um, like uh, I, I, in a previous in a previous world, uh, I, I wanted I was aspiring to be a, a comedy writer. Um, essentially, a comedy writer as part of a team. I, I felt the collaboration around a table would be would be fantastic. You know, so like Seinfeld and shows like that. But you had to be a stand-up to get to the writing stage. So I tried the stand-up bit for a little while and 
um, very, very briefly. Uh, and 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 uh, so the the, the comics uh, team writing was put to one side. But what I did learn on that short journey I went on um, was comics always have a notepad and probably a phone now in their pockets because they, you never know when a joke or a, a something of a, a stroke of inspiration will hit you. Um, so they wake up in the middle of the night and roll over and write down whatever they've been dreaming about or out the shower quickly and write it down. So um, I, I am constantly writing things on my phone, um, like you say. Um, I think that's probably like, the first inspiring workplaces was probably a little well, on a train somewhere and write, wrote it down on my phone. So I think that's a great tip because you could be productive anywhere. Um, but don't have to be productive at your desk. Um, and if you're a teacher, uh, which you are, I think, in, in, in a lot of respects, <laughs> what what would you teach? It's the same answer, love. We don't understand this concept. We think we can we think we can kick ass and motivate people with fear and try and twist them into a Pavlovian kind of response, which is how we built <clears throat> our organizations. Our organizations are fear based. And they're all about punishment and reward. We try and get people to make their budgets and targets and so on by bribing them. We're even doing that. <clears throat> excuse me. We're even doing that now with the with the um, vaccine. We're bribing people to take the vaccine. I mean, we, we haven't learned anything since Pavlov. And so the whole idea of working in a team where you love each other, where you're compassionate. I've just run a session for a, a an organization. 10 of their top executives. Every week we meet for one hour. I use the Spirit at Work app, which you can download from the, the internet, from the Apple store or the iTunes store or, or Android store. And we use this app. Now, they were having the worst year in their history. 13 weekly one-hour sessions later, they were having the best year in their history. And what was the difference? The only difference was they fell in love with each other. They didn't know each other. One person had been working for the company for a year and hadn't even met the other people because of the pandemic. They didn't have that connection. They didn't understand each other. They didn't know who the others were. They didn't know what their aches and pains and dreams were. But when you know that, when you spend 13 weeks together doing that, becoming one team, an inspired team, then they're calling each other saying, hey, how can I help you? What are you working on? And so on. Oh, I've got some information that you could find useful. You know, that stuff doesn't normally happen. But when people love each other, then it happens. Very, very powerful. Um, um, okay. So quick personal questions. So as we, we always switch up in the podcast now. Uh they're, don't worry, they're not too they're not too deep. But um uh early bird or night owl? Um depends who's in bed with me. <laughs> okay. Um favorite album? Well, I've got many favorite albums. I think just about anything that Eric Clapton does, including way back to Cream, but past that as well, uh, he's, he's done some amazing, amazing things. I don't care what he does, I'll buy his album. Yeah, old, old, old slow hand. He's, yeah, I, I, I love Eric Clapton too. So it, I, I'm wondering whether this might be tied up now, but if you have to put a song on to inspire you, fire, fire you up, what, what song would that be? Old time rock and roll. Bob Seeker, the Silver Bullet. 
Yeah, fantastic. I, I, Night Moves is my Bob Seger go-to song, but um, uh, I, I love the end of that song. Uh, Old Time Rock and Roll. That is now going to be on the Inspire list on Spotify, everybody, so please go check out that list. It's got some absolutely cracking songs on there. Um, what's something you've done but will never do again? Um, let me see. Well, uh, not by choice, but that would be having children. I'm a bit past that now. So uh, I've done it, but I'm not going to be doing it again. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've flown airplanes. I'm never going to do that again. Uh, I used to fly quite a bit. I used to fly all over England, actually, um, because when we started Manpower, what I would do is I'd take an airplane and I would take pictures of where the traffic was flowing at lunchtime and at the beginning of the day and the end of the day, because then I could see from an aerial perspective, like ants, you know, on an ant hill, where everybody was was congregating. And that's where that's where the intersection of those lines was. That's where we put our offices. So the offices you see at Manpower all over the country now started in my airplane photographs. Fantastic. Well, you yeah. That what a what a what a what a little tidbit that is. Um, wow. Uh, okay. Best place in the world you visited, uh, and if you could be anywhere in the world right now, where where would it be? Well, I have no longing for that because I am in the best place in the world that I would like to be. Uh, and I have a home in Colorado, which is another best place. And then I have a little cabin in the woods up north, so that's another wonderful place. Uh, what, certainly one of my favorite places on earth is Sedona, Arizona. And I love the Alps in Europe, too. And I've traveled a lot, so I love uh, South Africa greatly as well. South Africa is a wonderful, wonderful country. Yeah, all fantastic places. Um, yeah, the Alps is a special place in my heart. My my little French godson is in the foothills of the Alps in the Jura, and it's a very, very special place. I'm ho hoping to live there at some point in my life. Um, and so, um, last question. And I, you know, thank you so much. I wish we had more time and love to explore ways of getting your awesomeness out in front of people for longer of in front of our inspiring workplaces movements so maybe we can have a, a chat another time but for now i have one last question for you and that's um who do you think would be an awesome guest for the inspire club um who should we go ask and and be honored to have them on on our show oh that's a great question um uh i'm trying to remember his name um I think it's Steven Pinker, am I right? Is that the right way to say his name? He's written a book about how amazing the world is, basically. You know, we're talking about everything that's broken and doesn't work and so on, but he's taken the opposite approach, and he makes some really highly researched ideas. Um, that would be, I think, a, a guy that could be very, very interesting. Thank you so much. And you write so many too. Um, so th thank you, thank you so much. Um, I, as I say, if you if you haven't heard of um, Lance before, you, you do now. Um, I'm amazed if you ha if you didn't. Please go check out everything he does uh, and has done. Uh, as you as you've heard, an absolute inspiration. And I think the theme from this podcast is, has been love. Uh, and what a great theme that is to have on our, our on our one year anniversary. So thank you so much for your time, uh, Lance. And um, uh, if there's anything else you'd like to share, you know, please share it. 
Well, I am grateful that you've invited me and I look forward to connecting more. We'll talk about some of those ways in which we can uh, synergize and, uh, and perhaps uh, there's some courses that we run. We certify people, we have coaching programs, so all of those kinds of things are possibilities that we could uh, investigate together. Fantastic. Well, and thank you to everyone who is listening. And uh, we'll be back with another episode next week. So take care. Bye bye.